0: The following podcast is an Embassy Row production.
1: Hey there, it's Lo. Today's episode, we wanted to start with a special note from everybody at I Love Wellness to recognize that we are going through a very unique time right now. We hope that you are staying safe out there and taking the necessary precautions to keep yourself and your loved ones safe. We are here in New York City where things are not great, but... We do know that podcasts are giving us a little entertainment break, and today you may even learn something new, uh, because now more than ever, health is of the utmost importance. So we hope that you're staying safe and sane and enjoy today's episode. It's Lo and this is your new episode of I Love Wellness. I have a very talented lady on the show today. We're very excited, so let's give Taylor Ortega a round of applause. Okay. Listeners, Taylor, you're an actor. You're a comedian. Mm-hmm. You were in Kim Possible movie on Disney Channel and Disney Plus. Yeah. And you're one episode
0: of Succession. Yep, I was in one episode of Succession. <laughs> first thing I ever shot. It was actually like this. It was the first thing you've ever shot. It was the first thing I ever like booked, and I I did it was like two or three years ago, maybe, the like, but this time of year. Yeah. And I went and I was there like all day, because that's how it is when you shoot something, even if it's one line, you're there for like 12 hours. Yeah. And I shot it, and then I came home at the end of the day, and I had worked with the guy. I don't know anyone's name who plays Kendall, and then Kieran Culkin, whose name I do know. Yeah. And um, but he was like, you know, like everyone has their process, and like Kieran Culkin is very friendly and like introduces himself and Mm -hmm. like is very loose. And I came home that day, and because it was Christmas time, my sister was watching Home Alone, and I was like, that's bizarre. I just, I was just, Just we were just, yeah. That's my friend from work.
1: Ah! (laughs) (laughs) So what episode of Succession is it? I think it's the
0: sixth episode of the first season, fifth or sixth. I'm going home to watch after this. I really was just like, really trying to like stretch. You can tell I'm trying to stretch my like 12 seconds on screen. Just doing the most to get like all the attention in this area.
1: No, I love it. So tell me what it's like to be a comedian in New York City.
0: It's... And a woman. And a woman. Okay, it... Change it's changed as I've been doing it. So I've been here for like I think six years, and I started Where are you off. From? I'm from Jersey, so like not far away. Oh, okay. yeah. Local. Yeah. local, local, local. And it started, I was like wait, waiting tables and doing improv, and I was obviously like younger than I am now. And you could, I could go out all the time, and I could like hang out really late, and like work and do shows and work every single day of the week on my feet doing that type of stuff and, like, drink all the time and, like, not exercise.
1: Yeah.
0: And um, I felt fine. But then as things started to get, like, I don't know, I started to, like, diversify the type of comedy I was doing. Mm -hmm. Um, I started getting writing jobs, like, instead of service jobs. Mm -hmm. I had to change the way I was living Mm -hmm. because I also felt not, maybe not as much pressure as, like and a a typical actor but I did feel that people were watching me and I felt pressure to like take care of myself Hmm. like Like your face I (laughs) have all of it like all of it, my body my face uh like I didn't have a skincare regimen when I was 24 I didn't have that like I didn't do that You do now I do now question
1: mark you do now I do now
0: (laughs) I really do but like I had a therapist and she was like You gotta wear sunscreen every day. You don't wear sunscreen every day, and I was like, "No," and she was like, "You have to do that." Like, I was like, she was like, "I I started wearing sunscreen every day when I was 24. Like, you you need to take care of your face." Mm -hmm. I like just never crossed my mind. I was just like, rolling around the city doing whatever, like hanging out, um, (laughs) being a disaster. And then when I was like, like a couple years into living here, when things started getting like. I don't know, I was meeting more important people and I was in rooms where the the stakes were higher and things mattered to me more. I wanted to look well, nice and I also didn't want to like get sick and not be able to do things.
1: Yeah, I feel like with comedy though, because I have um, a lot of friends who are comedians in New York, maybe they like live in LA now, but you know, people in the community that, back, that are back and forth and I know that it is such a grueling lifestyle to be an actor, to be a comedian, to do stand up, mm-hmm. um, you know, you like have to go to these bars and you do four sets and you're, you know, in four different clubs each night and it's just like so hard on your body and I think yeah. also like on your spirit as
0: well. <laughs> yeah. I mean it should be enjoyable. So, it's not always. It should right. be. Like you should have fun doing it. Um I think part of that challenge is like not taking everything so seriously because mm-hmm. you're obviously you're doing that, you're doing shows, but that's not all you're doing. Yeah. Um and every time you're interacting with someone and this is like I think this is in any industry, but when you're interacting with a person professionally, you make them feel like this is my top priority. Sure. And, but you're doing that 90 times a day or whatever it is. Like every situation you're in. If you're in a class, that teacher, that's your top priority. You're like, all I think about is this class outside of this class. But that's not true. But Mm -hmm. that's what you want to, like, that's what you want to give off to people. So that's also, I think, part of it is just, like, the stamina.
1: Uh, So I was going to ask you, like, take me through, like, your normal wellness routine every day. Like, if you have, like, a crazy day Mm -hmm. and you have to do this over and over again, because, like, in the industry, you do. You have to be out there every day, Mm -hmm. every night. So, like, how do you maintain your sanity, maintain your sleep, your
0: wellness? Sleep is, like, the number one thing. (laughs) Sleep is so hard. I start to, now that, I, like, start, I panic when I think I might not get, sleep. Like, mm-hmm. I, when you're, like, going to bed and you're counting the hours Same. and you're like, if it's less than six hours, you're like, I'm just, like, not going to, like, I'm just like, going to cry in front of someone tomorrow because I, like, <laughs> I less than six hours. Um, but, yeah, I think the thing that has been the most helpful because my schedule is so different every day mm. uh, and there's no consistency is waking is planning when I go to sleep which is like usually late but like not crazy and then I will give myself an hour in the morning before I do anything else because like I'll usually exercise in the morning and all that stuff I have to give myself time to get ready because I am slow Um, but an hour before that to like sit and do whatever because the idea of waking right up and then doing something that feels like an obligation or leaving the house to go see someone and like be especially in New York City just like being so around people all the time I like it gives me insane anxiety. it makes it throws my whole day off. it throws off what I like eat and how I take care of myself because I'm just like depressed and anxious because mm-hmm. I didn't have like quiet time right away.
1: Mm. interesting, yeah, so you need your quiet time just like sure. right up
0: top of the day. Are you a meditator? I tried uh and I feel like I gave up on it before I got to the point where it would have been helpful because <laughs> my it's also like right when I wake up and your brain starts to like remember all the things you have to do, like your running list. Yeah. And I know it's, like, it's fine. Just, like, you, you power through it and you meditate. But I gave up. But now I do, like, I'll do something in that period of time where I feel like it's a should do but also a want do. Like, uh, I've been trying to – I feel like my vocabulary has gotten way worse over the last ten years for some reason. <laughs> and I've been doing, like, vocabulary apps – like to remember words I used to I used to know and mm. use and don't anymore.
1: That's interesting because I
0: used six words.
1: I I want to do that.
0: <laughs> I know. I really get to a point where I was like I, I use there's a certain collection of words that I use all the time to express myself. Mm-hmm. And I was no one pointed it out to me. I just made myself feel embarrassed about it. And then I was like I gotta mm. I gotta know some more words. But then you have the you get afraid to like. I'll psych myself out of using them in conversation like as if people are going to stop me and be like, "Did you just say advantageous? Who do you think you are?" Who do you think you are? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> You're not better than me.
1: <laughs> so, talk to me about your experience being um a woman in comedy. Before we recorded, we had like a quick conversation about the difference between men and women in comedy yeah. and like the uh, I mean, tell me. Talk. Yeah, to me I probably
0: about wouldn't it. say this to a man because I think that can be a loaded question sometimes. Well, we have
1: mostly lady
0: listeners, yeah. so I
1: wouldn't really worry right. about it. Right, like,
0: if, <laughs> don't, if, this, if you're a man and you're listening, no. But, um, yeah, I feel like that can be a loaded question when other people present it, but I brought it up because I was like, I, I, this is a thing that we all say in comedy that a lot of women in comedy talk about. Um, there's, like, no presentational pressure for men. There are right. men, male comedians who um, take care of themselves, but it's not as necessary, and it's almost like for, s- depending on their persona, it's like a guy can make his body funny. And it's a lot harder to do that as a woman, mm-hmm. to like use your body as part of being funny. So then the pressure is, okay, I'm in front of people and I like, it's the same old pressure as any other job where you're like, I guess I'll just look good. Mm. I guess I'll just look good. Like, I when I was just kind of doing like a lot of improv and like it was very fun and I didn't have like a goal in mind, I wasn't too concerned about taking care of myself in any way. And then when I started going out on my own and doing comedy on my own and it wasn't with a group of people and it wasn't, like, just chilling, um, I started, like, exercising and, like, eating well. I won't say, like, I'm an amazing eater. But, like, I started exercising. I started eating well. I started eating in a way that I thought would be good for my skin. I Mm -hmm. started, like, I started thinking about all of that stuff. And I got to say, it does make a difference. Like, I do think putting yourself together – does I don't know. I feel like people feel respected when you take care of yourself. Yeah, and then of course. You, you know, um, but yeah, guy guy comics don't don't do that. <laughs> They'll wear the same <laughs> jeans to the same eight shows in a row, and you're like, those aren't clean pants. You don't even wear clean pants here today. So, how did
1: you get into comedy? Like, what was the impetus for you? Like, did you know that you always wanted to be an actor? I were you in the drama club in high school? I was in the
0: drama club in high school. Okay? <laughs> I was in the drama club. But I, like, that, like, when you're in high school, that's, like, kind of it. Like, you don't, I mean, like, when you're in high school, no. Like, <laughs> <laughs> when I was in high school, like, it's the drama club. It's, like, the drama club, and there's, like, a bucket of costumes, and that's your that's your outlet creatively. So I, like, had done a little, like, improv at, like, a summer camp. Type of vibe, but Mm -hmm. I, there weren't a lot of resources I didn't know about, like, oh, you could do this as a job. Like, you can entertain people as a job. Like, I, people, when you're a kid, also, they're like acting school and being an actor and like the industry. It's like a very distant thing. Yeah. So, when I went to college, I tried to go to art school. It was stressful. I found it stressful. So, art school? I tried to go to art (laughs) school. I found it stressful. It's a lot of money and it's just like, I don't know it like I I now have like returned to acting training with Mm -hmm. a person who feels like very practical and like I get what he's saying and it like makes sense to me. But there was a lot of like breathing on the floor and stuff that I'm sure is like helpful to certain people. But as an 18 year old, I was like, 40 grand for this.
1: (laughs) Okay, I understand. It just was (laughs) just like
0: I was like, what are we doing? Um, So I left and I just like went to a state school. And I wasn't like performing at all. I took like a big old break, mm-hmm. um, but I I was always funny, I think. And then I, when I was had graduated and was just like hanging around, I was like maybe I'll do some comedy in New York
1: and mm-hmm. see what's
0: up. And I really enjoyed it. And then everything kind of just like I met people who I really liked performing with, or like my manager. Is someone who used to be a friend of m- used to be we're still friends, um, <laughs> but who was a friend of mine originally, and like we really enjoyed collaborating and like working on things together, and like I think I just ended up plopping from situation to situation yeah. where it added things to like I started doing characters, I started doing sketch, I started doing stand up, I started doing songs, and uh, yeah, it just kind of like snowballed very naturally, and I was like, oh, I, I'm I am a comedian now.
1: So I'm curious because, like, you're a very successful writer. Like, you do comedy. You're in Kim Possible.
0: Mm -hmm. So weird.
1: Do you... um prefer one thing over another? Are you trying to, like, make all of them work? Sort of talk to me about that, because I think a lot of people sort of get into entertainment with a singular goal mm-hmm. in mind, but with comedy sp- specifically, it kind of bleeds into all of these different areas, and, you know, a lot of people that do stand-up, like, also are writers mm-hmm. on SNL, and it's like, how does that work exactly? Yeah,
0: I think if you, if you like writing, and, like, you're a creative person who's a performer, mm-hmm. you should write an I think this is, a, this is why everyone writes, because very quickly you realize like doing one thing means, in a lot of cases, waiting for someone to give you an opportunity. Right. Um, and that's stressful because, like, I know a lot of actors who, there's an anxiety to that because you're, you're waiting for someone to give you an opportunity. You don't really have a lot of opportunities to showcase yourself. You're waiting for auditions, and then you have to hope it goes right. Yeah. And then on top of it, I don't think you're getting to, like, you don't always get to express yourself creatively. Like, we all do jobs. Even if we're lucky enough to get a job in entertainment, it's, like, not always the thing we want to do. You're doing it because you're, like, I have this skill, and, like, yeah, I, I of course I'd rather do this than something else. But, like, really you're not, unless you're, like, getting up or, like, writing or, like, doing shows. Like, you don't really get to get it out of yourself and, like, do the thing you want to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and when people find out you can write for yourself, like, It starts with, oh, then write this for me, which is like, cool, great, I get to write. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it turns into like, okay, well, what have you been writing for yourself? And it takes a long time for people to ask you that, but once they do, it's very exciting, because then you're like, oh, I can write whatever I want.
1: So you really use it as sort of like a creative outlet for yourself, in addition to the stuff that you've been hired to do.
0: Yeah but I you're think it's now important. but you're
1: also getting hired as a, as a yeah. writer. It's so nice. So, it, I guess do you have a preference or over like performing versus being a little bit more behind the scenes?
0: Um I think I really like performing, but I think even as a writer in those stretches where I'm writing more often, that's why like live comedy is so nice cuz you're still getting to do that without getting like hired to do it. Yeah. Um But I do really like acting. It always depends. It always depends on the job because I think there are really cool writing jobs that come up where I'm like, I would rather do that than anything else. Mm -hmm. I feel like I would be good at that. and I'd rather do that job than like be on camera. Yeah, I understand. But then there are like very cool on camera jobs on very cool sets with people who run them really well, who change. Like I did, I was on a couple sets where I was like, oh, maybe I don't like this. Maybe I don't like being a performer like on this level, Um, but then it like the pendulum kind of swung and I worked with people who you know talk to you like an adult instead of Mm -hmm. a baby and like treat you like an equal and like don't stress you out aren't like we have to do this now like that kind of vibe on set and then you're like oh I do like this if I'm like
1: yeah, respected
0: and trusted. So
1: you said something that I want to um, get into a little bit more. I, I know that if you work in the entertainment industry, d- despite what it is, um, you're always kind of like waiting for your next job, right? Or if you're getting started, you're waiting for a job. Mm-hmm. And when I briefly worked in entertainment years ago, it was why I got out of it because I couldn't mentally handle the instability of, like, not knowing what was coming next Mm -hmm. and, like, where my next, like, paycheck was coming from. Like, I just could not deal with that. And so I decided to change what I literally did for a living. So do you feel
0: that kind of pressure? And, like, if so, how do you deal with it? I feel that pressure a lot. Uh, And, in fact, this comes up a lot because there will be people, you know, that you saw around and after a while you don't see them around anymore and they kind of have given up on it and i always say i'm always like i really respect that i think that like there isn't a, there isn't a big quality of life there isn't quality of life for a lot of the path of getting to become a successful person who can sustain themselves right so when i see people be like this is not for me i'm like yeah it sucks a lot of the time like Good. You should go. You should want to have a house and like a family and like time off and like savings. I understand that and I think that's responsible. Um, I personally, uh, not. I'm I'm a Gemini and listen, it might not be about being a Gemini, but I'm gonna bring astrology into it. Um, (laughs) But I can be kind of like fickle and I can get bored easily. And there's almost something about the rhythm of this career that I like that I'm doing a lot of things at once. And Mm -hmm. I like that I know things are going to end because I just like know in my gut when something's done. So it's like nice that it's short periods of time you're working on something and then you get to see it. You get to see it realized pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, Or if it's something that's taking you a long time, you have all these other short projects in between. But uh, there are so many times where I've been like why am I doing this? Like I'm so stressed out. I you don't feel like you're ever gonna work again. It doesn't yeah. matter how many jobs you get, you never f- think you're gonna work again. <laughs> that well, never goes away.
1: <laughs> I mean, really at the end of the day, it come it comes down to like being able to put money into your bank account mm-hmm. and like pay your rent and feed yourself. So I, I I understand for it's like super fear-based. And so I just yeah. imagine that for people like you and in your industry, like the level of stress that you deal with is so high. Yeah. Combined with these Like, late nights and, like, being at bars and doing all this stuff. Like, I just, I have never been able to understand how somebody like you, like, really gets it done.
0: I'm sure for the most part, it's, like, you bury that stress a little bit. And Mm -hmm. it's, like, I'm sure there are times where I'm very stressed and I don't realize how stressed out I am. Um, But there have been times, one that comes to mind was I had just shot Kim Possible, and I had been in Vancouver for, like, two months. And before that was, like, you know, like, on the comedy grind in New York, left, went to Vancouver, shot this movie. It was, like, you know, it's also stressful to do a thing you've never done before. Mm-hmm. I was doing, like, stunts, and, like, I was by myself a lot of the time. I was, It was a whole new experience, and I was, like, absorbing all of it, and, like, you know, it's, like, that's stressful in of itself. And then I came back... Uh, at the end of shooting that, and I had to jump right into, I had a uh, an SNL audition. So I came right back from Vancouver, and then had this set that I had written over that period of time, mm-hmm. immediately started going back to doing shows, and was just like, okay, like, we've done this before, let's just, like, go do this. Immediately got back to doing shows, was mm-hmm. doing shows all that week, uh, the next two weeks, went and did this audition, and afterward, um, I was at a bar with a couple of other people who had also just auditioned. And I, I had I ordered a drink. We were all sitting there. We'd been there for, like, five minutes. And I, like, took a sip of it, and I sat back, and I was like, I'm going to be right back. And yeah. I walked outside, and I puked in a subway grate. Oh, God. And then I was fine. And then I, like, felt fine. But at the time, I was like, I got to go home. <laughs> I'm like, good job, guys. Good night. Uh, and I left, but by the time I got to my apartment, I was like, I'm actually fine completely fine mm-hmm. I thought I had like run myself down and gotten sick but it was more like I had just gotten so stressed that I got finished with that pro- you needed I needed felt- to barf it out I had to barf it out I felt so fine on stage I was like this all worked out I'm doing great I sound great we're great and then the minute they were like okay well you guys can go I bar- I barfed. <laughs> So,
1: you know, it's funny until you actually have like a visceral reaction to something where like something happens in your life and you like literally barf as a result. You don't really believe in the possibility of those things happening. Oh, they happen. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. <laughs> like Your body is just like I'm done. like it was almost like I knew the work was done and everything let go in my body. Like yeah. it just went limp and I, I, I you know. Yeah, We all know what happened next. I barf.
1: Um, I understand. I but, fainted on a flight recently, uh, and it was because I was so stressed, and I've never fainted before in my entire life, I'm so I kind of was like, I don't really buy into this thing of like, oh, I'm going to faint, but my sister like fainted all the time growing up, mm-hmm. so I remember seeing her and like catching her in the kitchen before her head would like hit the floor in yeah. the kitchen over and over again. It's so again. scary. And like on this flight, I literally like, I was having this like, overwhelming hot flashes, and I had, I was, like, super claustrophobic, and I, like, walked up and, like, walked down the aisle to go to the bathroom, because I woke up and was, like, I have to throw up, Mm -hmm. just out of nowhere, and by the time I got to the bathroom, the flight attendants were, like, catching me, because I was, like, going down, they were, like, ma'am, 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 and you can't, like, like, you can't say anything, uh, I couldn't say anything, truly, they, like, literally saw me, like, going down, you can't warn someone,
0: and, like, in your brain, is like, tell them you're fainting, and you're, like, yeah, and like, like, I'm you- going
1: down. Like, I had never fainted before. And honestly, like, since I've had that experience it has caused me to really take a hard look at my life and try to figure out, like, what how do I actually need to live every day mm-hmm. so that I don't have such intense physical reactions to my, like, stress and anxiety and busyness and all of this stuff? And I mean, like, it's a lifelong journey, right, to, like, it finding is. your equilibrium and, like, finding your center. But yeah. it's really challenging. And so just, I, you know, I keep asking you and, like, p- poking you on yeah. this. I'm like, how do you do it? How do you do it? But I just commend you for being Thank able you. to, like have the career that you do and to yeah. still be able to, like, get up and function every
0: day. You know what I think about a lot when it comes to this, too? And I asked my parents this. I'm, like, because they work, like, crazy long hours. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, how, when you were doing that, like, when you were coming home at the end of the day, were you, like, oh, man, I have a kid? <laughs> like... I like I that is the one thing in my head where I'm like, whoa, that is so crazy that my dad would like get up to go to work at four in the morning, yeah. and then like come home at the end of the day, and then like I would be there, like and there, the, then your day your day just like never ends till you go to sleep, and I was like, man, people. Every time I get really stressed out, I'm like, man, people have kids and work (laughs) like I can't it blows my mind
1: yeah there's a couple people in my office that have children like really young children and you know they come in and they're like oh you know my my daughter was up at like 1 and 4 and 6 and i'm like how are you
0: even here how are you here like how are you even here i think it's cuz they love their children well of <laughs> like, course like that's the only thing i can think of is that they're just like i love you so much that i'm enjoying myself and okay. like
1: of course but like i just i can't even find the energy and i don't have children right and like i know like i own love wellness so like i carry more stress than i think other people on my team do you know yeah. cuz like i'm personally responsible for like paychecks and livelihoods and like all of this stuff. Yes. So I think for me, like the emotional stress of it is like really exhausting. Mm-hmm. But truly, like if you have a kid, how do you do it? I be, like because God bless you, I want to send you 15 cakes. Yeah. Like because you're doing such a great job. Anyone that's listening that has a kid that has a job Insane. bravo. You'd, bravo. My I would
0: ask, I can I don't think I could do it right now. I asked my mom and I'm like I'll like I'm like give me an answer on how. And she's like, you just like do it you just for do years it. and years. Like you just Do it for years until your children are adults, and then I. That's why I also feel like everyone's parents are different. But like my dad, I won't talk to him for a whole week, and it's fine. Like, but my mom is someone who checks in all the time, and I'm like, yeah, that must be weird to be doing that for 20 years or whatever it is, and checking in for that long, 18 years, and then they're just like, okay, well, I can like, I've figured it all out. I think I've got it, like for the most part, on a day to day basis. And you're Mm -hmm. just like. Hey, it's me from before, um, from every day before, um, just like making sure you ate. And I'm like, yeah, I know how to eat. (laughs) But then like you have time and it must feel like an insane amount of time you got back. Yeah. I don't know. I need some moms to explain this to me because I don't feel like I have the information.
1: Well, I think it's emotionally really difficult. Like my mom and I miss each other so much, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think it's like a really challenging for her to... um, to to like think about and like deal with on a day-to-day level. Like her and my dad have like a great life. They're retired. They live at the beach. They go hiking. But, you know, there's real... There's like a real sense of separation because I live so far away. It's one of the things that I... Is like emotionally most heavy for me is like not being close to my parents, and I think that they feel the same way. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm like I live so far away, and it's like I want to come home, but like I have this full time job yeah. here. I
0: like don't know what to do. Ah! I know. <laughs> I definitely take it for granted that my parents live less than an hour away from me to the point where like I saw my mom last weekend, and she was like, oh, "I'm gonna miss you so much." I'm like, "Christmas is in a week and a half. Like I'm gonna be home."
1: <laughs> I know exactly. I'm like I'm here.
0: I'm like you. I'm not far. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I know. I have to take flights, and now I'm nervous about
0: fainting every time. I know. Well, fainting, to be fair, fainting is, like, a pretty, like, low-key, f- not, like, it's not a big deal to faint, but it feels so dramatic. And it looks, like, when you see someone faint, I you're like, felt like they I died.
1: Was, I felt like I was dying. Yes. I was like, what is
0: happening to me right yes. now? For something that, like. I was I, like, I need help. Yes. And also it feels terrifying (laughs) to like not communicate. And you like, you know, you're in front of people. That's hard. Like I fainted a couple times in my life. And early on, it was when I was like 12 or something. So like in my house, no one had to see it. My parents, the first time I fainted, like didn't like, I feel like flight attendants were they they handled it like Oh my God, Pros, like, the,
1: uh, like the highest level of professionalism from yeah. these female flight attendants that truly saved my life. And every flight I've been on since then, I have tried to be so friendly and nice to these people mm-hmm. because people treat flight attendants like shit. Yeah. And it turns out they're like really highly trained to save your life.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and I'm sure like, people faint on them all the time.
1: They do. They, they said, they were like, oh, don't worry. Like I fainted on the last flight. And like, yeah. oh, two ladies fainted like earlier this week. Don't worry about it. Like, do you need a doctor? They, like, ripped my clothes off me because I was, like, sweating profusely and put ice on my back. Uh, and like ru- They let me sit with them in the back for, like, an hour. That's so nice. It was so nice. So nice. They're like I was NFL
0: like, doctors. Yes. They're I like- was
1: like, you truly saved my life on this flight. Yeah. You know?
0: So, like, God bless those ladies. The first time I fainted, my parents just um, dragged me around the house trying to wake me up, which is, like, <laughs> you're not supposed to do. <laughs> they were just like like shaking my loose body (laughs) (laughs) um they didn't they had never seen a person faint before i guess uh they didn't handle it correctly um but it's fine i'm fine i just it turns out i'm a fainter but it's always like uh i i then i didn't faint for years and i fainted in college Mm -hmm. in front of like my friends Uh, it was uh, it was really embarrassing i fainted you were embarrassed? Times. I wouldn't yeah. be
1: embarrassed. I'd be like, if I'm going to faint, I'm doing it in front of yeah. my friends. And then they can
0: rescue me. <laughs> no, but people really, it, it is a jarring thing to watch, I it think. It is. It
1: looks really dramatic, mm-hmm. even though it's not necessarily that dramatic. My cousin's wedding, actually, my sister fainted like three times last Why? year.
0: Why? Why? <laughs> she, like, a fainter, though? Is that, like, of She has kind historically of her hobby? been a
1: fainter, yeah, but, you know, not in a really long time. But all of a sudden, we were, like, at her reception, and, like, my sister, we were standing next to each other, and she started kind of, like, her words were, like, j- j- jumble, jumble, and I was like, what the fuck? Yes. And she started to go down. I was like, oh, I've been here before. Yep. Like, caught her. <laughs> it all came flooding back to me. You know what I mean? <laughs>
0: yeah. It, that is, it's terrifying. I, at the time, uh, when I fainted in college, there was a video that was really popular online, mm-hmm. and it was um, a guy on on the news, you know, doing a chart of some kind, and then he yeah. goes, "Oh, I'm fainting, going, <gasps> gone," because you can't. You can only say there's no oxygen going to your brain, so you can't say anything. He's like, "Fainting, going, gone," and just dropped. I have to look up this You have to. It's so good. But as I was fainting, I was like, I'm fainting. And like, I, I, was, I they're probably like, she's doing the news bit. <laughs> but I showed them. I fainted right onto the car.
1: Uh, that's funny.
0: I bet it holds up. You, I bet it holds up.
1: You are funny. Okay, so tell me um, what you want to be when you grow up.
0: Oh, my goodness. What do I want to be? I want to... That's such a good question. Um because it's such a lie, right, that like you're an adult and you have figured it out and like It is such a lie. Or that you'll stop wanting more things or right, to yeah. to achieve more.
1: Yeah. It's like you always want to continue to evolve and do new things and Yeah, you know, I actually it out.
0: recently that like my brain was cracked open about that a little bit because I feel like you have your career that you focus on and the, the the thing where you're like, this is my angle and this is my goal and this is what I'm working toward. Um, but I had a friend who's also a comedian and one of my friends was like, what do you guys want to like do in like the next five years? And we were all talking about like, oh, it would be really cool to be able to like work on this kind of show or do this or do that. And she was like, she was like, yeah, I definitely want to do that. And she was like, but I'd really like to go to school for like botany. And also, like, I want to do this and that, and I was like, oh, yeah, I can do other things. Like, I can, l- I, there's, I can still learn to do th- new things mm-hmm. and, like, have new passions, and it doesn't have to be this for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was, like, a very nice reminder because I had completely forgotten it. Right. I think I'd like to learn, like, a new skill that I, uh, that has nothing to do with performance. I think sometimes I'm like, oh, it would be good to learn a new instrument so that I can do that. And it's always serving the goal you're already working toward instead of being like, what if I tried to learn to do something just because I enjoy it and maybe I would be good at it?
1: Yeah. I love that. That feels so like 50 years ago, I'm going to get a hobby, you know what I mean? Because these days everyone's hobby is just their cell phone.
0: Yes, and like their (laughs) social media.
1: And just like reading and scrolling mindlessly and like, I want to be done with that. I want a hobby too. I want to learn something.
0: I want to do something like external and like out in the, it doesn't need to be out, listen, it doesn't need to be outside. I don't need to like go outside, but... I would like to do something like tactical or like Me too. you know. Yeah.
1: yeah. My next thing that I really want to do is learn how to be a farmer or at least a home <gasps> gardener. Yeah,
0: that'd be really cool. It's
1: been on my list for a really long time. I've not actually um done anything about it. Sure. But in my fantasy land. But you're expressing I, like, it. have a beautiful vegetable garden and like that I tend to uh, and like little chickens that lay eggs. That's and so stuff. nice. And you would like walk out
0: into your garden in the morning, how peaceful whatever. That would so be. peaceful. Right? Like so like We should all want that. That's a nice thing to want.
1: Yeah, and I feel like it's very human, Mm -hmm. you know, to, like, grow some of your own food. Be able to, like, make a salad from, like, you know, the bounty in your backyard. Also,
0: our vegetables in America suck.
1: Yeah, they really do. They're so
0: bad. (laughs) And I was at my girlfriend's grandmother's house, and she's, like, 90 years old, and she has a garden in her yard. Yeah. And they gave me a tomato because I was like, this tomato smells amazing. Yeah. And they were like, take it home. It was... Everybody make their own tomatoes. No, seriously. Everyone grow, make them, grow them, grow your own tomatoes. Yeah,
1: it is easy to grow tomatoes. So like, yeah, just grow your own. But I was also going to say, whenever I go to Italy, you like eat a tomato and it tastes like a tomato. Yeah, you're like, you oh, forget.
0: I, actually, I love vegetables.
1: Yes. Like, yeah, I went to Paris and it was
0: the same thing. I was like, this is
1: the, oh, this is so good. Yeah, you're like, actually, this is really amazing. Yeah. I love that. Um, so. One of my last questions for you. What is your secret wellness ritual?
0: Um, I kind of touched on this earlier, but in a larger sense, I think it is alone time Mm. well spent. Okay, I like that. Yeah, I think it's like, there is alone time that I spend, like, looking at TikTok, and that's not really what I'm talking about. Right. Um, But, yeah, alone time where I don't feel, like, guilty about how I spent that time. uh, And I felt like, even if it's just, like, I'm walking and I'm listening to music or I'm, like, choosing instead of, like, oh, I could be home, and this is in warmer weather, like, oh, I could be home in a half hour if I get on the train, but I could walk all the way home and it could take me, like, an hour and a half, but I'm going to, like, listen to music and, like, walk all the way up and just be by myself.
1: I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's really nice.
0: That's this a really is a nice, nice city. perspective on alone time. Yeah, this is a nice city to be by yourself in. I think.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I'm going to try to change my perspective about alone time. Instead of being like, yeah. I need to be with people all the time, and yeah. that is the only time that I feel happy when I'm alone. I am a disaster. No,
0: being alone is awesome. <laughs> I like love it. I mean, sometimes, of course, like there are intrusive thoughts. Yeah. Which is why I think like like music is nice because you can like kind of force yourself, your brain, to go into, like, a daydream mode instead of, like, Mm -hmm. self-critical mode. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's why, like, that's a good aid. Or, like, being, I also think New York is good for that because there's so much stimulus that you can kind of just, like, look around, whatever. Yeah. Um, Yeah, being alone, like, kind of sitting alone is, like, hard. (laughs) That's also probably why meditation is, like, hard.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it is, for sure. Yeah. Um, And then what is one thing
0: that you do now that you wish that you had learned earlier? Um... Taking care of my skin in like every way. Like Mm. I, my mom was like always such a skincare person, which is crazy because I feel like growing up, skincare wasn't what it is now. Like every like teenagers do skincare, and I don't think that that was the case when I was a teen. It wasn't, and like she was always like you gotta moisturize, like moist, like moisture. Like (laughs) she was obsessed with it, Um, and I wish I had done it sooner. And I like I'm happy now. I feel like I have like a nice routine, but on top of like the fact that I think I look nice, Um, I don't even care if it's real. Like, I don't even care if the people who are selling me, like, serums and, like, moisture, I don't even care if it doesn't really do anything. (laughs) I like to buy skincare, and I like to, like, have the routine. Mm -hmm. It feels nice, and it smells nice, and I, uh, it makes me feel like, in a nice way, a little bit of an elitist. Like, I'm like <laughs> you guys really should be doing like it this way. And like you guys really, ugh, you need you guys you really need a gentle sunscreen. Like even if you're mo- no, it shouldn't be included in your moisturizer. It should be a separate <laughs> thing because it's like the sun is so powerful. And like you know what I mean. It makes me feel like I'm like ugh. I'm like, I'm wise and I care about my body. Like, it makes you feel. I understand. You know?
1: Yes, having a routine, whatever the routine Mm -hmm. is, can make you feel really nice about yourself. Yeah. Or really nice in the moment. I agree with you.
0: But I also think if I had done it sooner, like, I would I would never have aged past nineteen. Like,
1: I know it's really about sunscreen at the end of the day. It
0: is. Everyone should wear sunscreen, no matter who you are, all the time. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. All the time.
1: I agree. Um, Where can our listeners find you?
0: Uh, You can find me at on Twitter at Taylor Dash or no underscore Taylor underscore Ortega <laughs> if you want to Venmo me it's Taylor dash Ortega <laughs> so feel free to Venmo me um, yeah no if you want to find me on Twitter it's Taylor underscore Ortega and then uh, on Instagram which is if you're in the New York area and you want to come see some comedy I post a lot of shows uh, show info on Instagram so yes. at Taylor Tega so T-A-Y-L-O-R-T-E-G-A